Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can find me on all the major audio podcatchers and Odyssey as well. Credit to Justin Campbell at jcamp1521 for the intro, for hooking me up with that. Uh, today, my guests are Crypt Daddy and Marcel Dumas. Uh, this is a live stream if you're watching on the 22nd. Uh, it'll only be available now. It'll be, well, it'll be available a week from now publicly. Uh, patrons will have the access to it in the meantime. Uh, Patreon.com, just no way, Jose 2020, $2 is the lowest level, highest level is 20. Uh, those are the sponsors, and I'll read them off every episode. So my sponsors are C.D. McRae of the Whiskey and Tea Podcast. Definitely go check her out. At SpaceCat2K, that's a good follow. I've done an episode with him as well. Jacob Winograd of the Daniel 3 Podcast. We have did the uh, He does a lot of like uh, biblical anarchy type content. Go check him out. Uh, Liberty Down Under of the Australian Liberty Network and the Gumtree of Liberty Podcast. Go check him out. There's a lot of the Australian shit with all the stuff going on there. Uh, new one, Brandon Smith uh, at underscore 2D System on Twitter or you can 2D System on YouTube as well. Go follow his podcast. Uh, and today the topic, we're going to be covering the CNN article that came out recently. They changed the title, but... Uh, yeah, the original title was Joe Rogan's Use of the N-Word is another January 6th moment. Uh, so this should be fun. We're basically going to do like a live reading and go into it. Um, so this, I'm really looking forward to this one. This one should be great. Like, it was one of those things where you see the title and you think like, oh, well, maybe it'll be reasonable when I read it. It's not that crazy. You read it and it's just as ridiculous as the title. And I'm excited to share that with you guys. Go check out Top Lobster, toplobster.com. Use Jose at checkout for 10% off. And with that, let's get into it. What's up, guys? I'm good. How about you? What's going on, man? I just wanted to say that it was really cool. Actually, Jose is for me. To be donating all the proceeds tonight to, to black people. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. They shot him down. Hey. All right. What's now, up, guys? I don't. How much of that did shit out? Did I, like, my intro at the beginning? Shit I heard out your too, entire or? intro. I heard you introduce me. I said hi. Okay. Uh, then Donovan right. said, you know, thank you for donating all the proceeds to black people. <laughs> and then all right, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was like, shit, did I like do the whole intro and it froze out the whole time? Okay. That makes me feel better. Uh God, I don't know why. I haven't had having this issue for a long time, and then it happened on my last big podcast. I don't know what the fuck. I'm too much of a not computer person to figure it out. I'm just kind of just hope it doesn't happen and work go from there. Um, but whatever. I don't I don't We'll deal with that later if it keeps being an issue. Uh, let, let's go have you guys introduce yourselves. I know, Marcel, you've been on the show before. Uh, Crypt Daddy, you've not been on the show, but you have been on Tower Power Hour. Those are one of our best episodes. Uh, I guess start with Marcel. Let you introduce yourself again, even though you've been on before. But introduce <laughs> yourself to the, the people in case we got new ones. I mean, I just had that Dave episode, so I might have some new people paying attention. So I always get served to followers whenever that happens. So uh, if you want to introduce yourself real quick. Sure. So my name is Marcel Gattrall. Um, I am an economics PhD candidate at George Mason University. I primarily study uh, authoritarian regimes and you know economic development. I have a lot of other strange political interests and viewpoints, which you'll probably pick up on as the show proceeds. Uh, if you want to see me, I'm, I'm on Twitter, at Anarchy in Black, all lowercase. And I have a Substack, which is always pinned to the top of my Twitter. So follow me on Twitter is what I'm saying. All right, and uh, Crypt Daddy, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself or Bob Saget if he survived, which makes sense with the head trauma allegations or whatever. So, yep, yep, that's me. Yep. Um, I, I'm Bob Saget if he survived. I died tragically doing some really, really fucked up shit. 
Um, I'm not very political at all, uh, but I am a strong, independent Black woman, and I love uh, supporting my community by giving back to children in the form of selling them drugs. So that's what I'm about. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, real quick, you want to tell us, you just recently went on, I guess, kind of a little mini tour. You might even be in the midst of it. Uh, it looks like you were having fun with that. If you want to let us know about that, I'm kind of, I don't know, I, I thought it was cool seeing you online doing all that shit, kind of living your dream, all that gay shit. Uh, so if you want to yeah. talk about it for a moment. Yeah, no, I uh, I just recently wrapped up a weekend show with uh, the Compound Media Boys. They were out in Chicago, and uh, we performed at North Bar. It was a good time. Uh, there, there was a lot of drinking, a lot of uh, profanity, a lot of uh, racial slurs in general being said. An awful lot of white people, though. So that was kind of weird. Uh, there was one black person. Uh, they were cool, though. They, they were real chill. And uh, not a lot of women, either. Like, there was like three women. And one of them was my mom. So that was not fun. Um, all right, cool. Well, I really want I want to go in first, considering the topic. Uh, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on basically just generally the usage of the N-word. That makes sure we're all on a similar page. I know it sounds silly. I mean, I'll give my opinion on it first. I don't care if it's in context. I don't care if it's used for, for funnies. I honestly could even imagine a hypothetical in which I would use it and to intentionally be offensive. But that doesn't mean I'm racist. It just means I'm intentionally trying to piss someone off that I don't like. But I, have I, I don't even think I've ever even done that. But now would I be technically against it? No, I think it's just a word, personally. Um, I get people get offended by it. And that's kind of why my last point of why I could see myself using it to be offensive if I really wanted to offend someone. But I haven't had that. I, that's my opinion. I honestly, a lot of people may not realize, I know we have tower power and I have a reputation for saying edgy shit. I don't go around in the normal world world just dropping in bombs because you do have to be in the normal world and you know that that's not okay. But if I'm with my boys and we're just shooting the shit and just, you know, having some, making some jokes, I'm not going to shy away from the word if it comes up or, or recoil in, in terror. Like, I know who I am. I haven't, like, I don't, like, I, I don't I'm not racist at all. I mean I, it's, I know that's kind of a trope for a white guy to say that, but I don't really give a shit. How many black friends do you have? Jose? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean I can I count them. I don't know. I mean if, I, you, have to, if you have to think, it's not good. Well, I don't know. If anything, it's because it's like there's too many. Like I don't know. It's not. Like, <laughs> it's an embarrassment of riches. No, I mean, really, it's a function of being uh, being past military. Like because I uh, like there's a lot of so I mean I've dealt with a ton of like my the person I would consider my best friend in real life is a black dude. Like I don't know. It's and and I've had ones that are had friends that are black friends who were comfortable with it, and some that aren't. And you know I just kind of respect people's feelings, and that's why I ask here you guys' opinion because. Like, say if someone here was not okay with it, I just I would continue to say N-word throughout the reading of this thing. If not, I feel personally, I feel condescended to when I read this article and it says N-word, 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 N-word. It feels like a parent talking to a child. Like, you're quoting something. Just say it. Like, that's how I feel. It, I feel talked down to when, when someone does that. I can understand, uh, like, Camille Foster has a good take on this. He's like, the only time it should ever be referred to as the N-word is when you're around, like, children or something. Because, like, otherwise, especially in, like, if you're just using it to quote something, because it's like, it's just a word. You're not, you're just saying it. Like, especially, like, you know, with Rogan, like, mo the majority, if not all of them, were literally him quoting other people. 
So it's like, how can you, I don't know. This is like being upset at Django Unchained for saying the N word. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I don't know. If anything, you can make the case to Django Unchained was worse than the, than the way they used it. So I guess I'll get your, your opinion. I mean, whoever wants to butt in, I'm pretty sure I know Crypt Daddy's opinion, but you know. <laughs> so my uh, view is that it doesn't really matter what race you are. You can say the N word as long as you're nitro boosting my Discord server, but it's two <laughs> boosts for the hard R. If you're uh, black, then it's true. just one boost for the hard R. That's a discount. Okay. And I figured Next as much. Thing. And uh, you want to give a little mini speech about the N word, uh, Crypt Daddy? Um, really, I, I, it's the only word in the English dictionary that I can hear. That can make me come. Uh, there's no <laughs> other way I can finish unless I get called the N word. I don't know what's happened in my life to make that a thing, but uh, I, you know, so for that, I just think it's a word, but it's a really sexy word. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I do actually default to saying the N word. Like I know we make fun of it, but actually when I when I read, well, I mean, obviously in the article. He just uses the word the n-word anyway. So as we live read, that's what we're gonna end up saying. But even in general, I usually don't actually say it in my day to day. No, it's yeah. not usually a word that leaves my mouth. I mean, there was that whole like I dubs era where everybody was saying it. Then <laughs> like I remember that. That was like golden era. I, I not for that reason, just a bunch of other stuff. People the internet didn't care. And it was a lot simpler back then and so everybody i remember was saying it back then but as time went on and you got out of your teenage years yeah you, you realized i can't be just saying this all the time <laughs> i did re uh this is like a minor digression but do you know there's a new fresh prince of bel-air uh reboot remake i've been out? hearing about that yeah i i was alerted when i looked at it to an african-american cultural convention that i nobody told to me it's not only that like whites aren't allowed to say it but actually blacks have an affirmative duty to stop them because there's a scene in it where will goes into the locker room and he hears um i think it's hot nigga playing and oh you know it's like all these white he hears it be it's playing the, the song is playing and then he hears people singing it and he's like, you know, he's happy. He's like, he's like, you know, oh, you know, I thought it was going to be this stuffy Bel Air school and I'm from Westwood and it won't fit in. But clearly some people are like blasting rap music in the locker room. So I will fit in. And then he sees it's like a group of white kids just, you know, brazenly saying it. And then his cousin Carlton is there just dancing along to hot nigga. And by the way, you know, that's like a total inversion because obviously in the original Fresh Prince, Carlton would never dance to rap much less no. tolerate rap being played at his school and will like interrupt is like hey hey you got to watch your mouth and the white kid says why it's like you can't you can't say the n-word and it's like why i'm pretty sure i just did and i don't even know who you are and so later on will actually choose carlton out and carlton's like will it's just a word it's like they can't say it they're not with the culture carlton and from the sounds of it you aren't either so will is really saying that carlton has like an affirmative obligation to be a buzzkill which again, contextually, it's a Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right? Mm -hmm. oh, it's wow. actually kind of genius. That's the only way that this like logic kind of comes around full circle. Because that's the one thing people will be like, you know, like I, I guess it's the kind of it makes it so that the the if you are okay with it as a black man, then you are, I guess, not a black man in a sense. Yeah. Is kind of what it's getting at. That's the only way this logic makes sense. So people like you or like I don't know many other people who are okay with it in general, like just you know, especially quoting whatever, or don't get, or don't freak out by it. 
there, ergo, you are not black. So th- that way, it logically, you can deal with people like you. You're like, well, this guy doesn't care. You're like, well, he's not black. So- yeah, it's an interesting kind of enforcement because that means that, you know, me sitting here in this call, if you say it, I may, in my way, get in more trouble than you. Yeah. Potentially, depending on the exact situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. All right. Let's You're go ahead. waves of this word is what I'm saying here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a joke to be had there concerning the topic. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get into it. All right. The podcaster Joe Rogan did not join a mob that forced lawmakers to flee for their lives. He never carried a Confederate flag inside the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. No one dro- died trying to stop him from using the N-word. But what Rogan and those that defend him have done since video clips of him using the N-word surfaced on social media is arguably just as dangerous as what a mob did when they stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th last year. Rogan breached a civic norm that has held America together since World War II. It's an unspoken agreement that we would never return to the kind of country we used to be. And that, like, it was already ridiculous. That World War II line is what mind fucks me. We can keep going just a little more. Let's get to the punchline and then we'll... All right. All right. I guess tell me when. And All right. Because I already have a good joke lined up for that one. All right. The, that agreement revolved around this simple rule. A white person would never be able to publicly use the N-word again and not pay a price. Okay. So stop right there. That's I think uh, that's where most of us, most people who needed to get the whole article, that's that's the article, right? It only gets – it actually gets even more, um, more far afield from there. Holy shit. But I will say this. I agree in multiple ways with what we just read. And I'll say this. If I had the opportunity to put Joe Rogan in jail for saying the N-word, and in exchange, all the January 6ths would be released, I would take that deal in a heartbeat. I will say that what Joe Rogan did is worse than January 6th. I will absolutely make that trade. I'll make the sacrifice. We'll do it. Yeah, but not for the reasons they think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll do a prisoner exchange. I like Uh, that. I do think the World War II line is so weird. Like, what about World War II? I guess it's just to relate it to the Nazi thing and how that's racist, whatever. But in my head, I immediately went to, like, okay, we have the Treaty of Versailles after World War One. Did we have this, like, lesser-known, like, Treaty of Nigger after World War II? Like, <laughs> I, you know? <laughs> that would, yeah, what it implies, that America was defeated in some kind of war by a black country. And, you know, um, Admiral Yamamoto had this line how, you know, you can never defeat America because you need to invade from California, dictate terms from the White House. And so presumably that's what happened. Like the Wakandan army, you know, just held Congress hostage and made them sign. Well, it's an unspoken agreement, right? So there's a kind of backroom deal, made it Yalta or something, or Potsdam or, or, or Tehran, it was be the third one. But this kind of deal we made in Yalta. So the, he, there is a kind of, you know, low-wit, mid-wit, top-wit thing going on here where you can just go with the low-wit thing and say, this person is just either dumb or he's just trying to take the one thing in american history you know Whoopi goldberg told us that world war ii was just white on white crime right had nothing to do with black people but he's like i want it to be about black people so he just forced the issue but you could also say that world war ii really was kind of when the fix was in so to speak that that was when america would be like a strategically opportunistically anti-racist country so you know, you would have America, you know, siding with Joseph Stalin, you know, a man who butchered millions to stop Hitler, a man who also butchered millions. It's like, but what makes Hitler worse? Well, Hitler butchered millions in like a racist way. So that's that's the way we picked a side. And so in a way, World War II did kind of like lock it in. I don't think John Blake here 
actually picks up on this, but it can certainly be argued. Yeah, he leaves it vague enough that he can like kind of play hide the ball with whether that's what he's going for. All right, Crip, you're kind of the you're kind of obviously you're the funny guy a little bit, but you're also the you're the guy off the street here, the person who's like just being thrown this at them. Any thoughts so far? Because so far it's already wild and it's probably gonna get wilder. So yeah, right out the gate, uh, awesome article. 10 out of 10, very well researched, not biased at all. Uh, who Who's the author of this article? Who wrote it? And if it's not a black person, that's going to be so funny. It is It is a black person. His name okay, is Mark okay. Blake, CNN writer-producer, native of Baltimore, Maryland. What a I don't believe... I do not believe black people come from Portland. No, that's not, that's <laughs> not a real thing. City. Did it... Uh, Tucker Carlson call Baltimore like a little slice of Haiti in the mid-Atlantic or something like that. That Not feels that more called. racist than Joe Rogan saying the word. It was <laughs> Joe Rogan did have another line where he uh um he talked about going to a movie theater in a black neighborhood and he said it was like Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I did see that. That was I saw that one. I was like, well, I can't make it. That was funny. I laughed, but it's funny. It is objectively funny. But that was but racist. Like, I can't save you from this. Man, it, it was it was one of those moments where you like you see a kid fall and you just like you know it's fucked up and you but you're laughing and people are staring at you and you're like, fuck, dude, you really did that to me, you little bastard. <laughs> you put my soul in danger. Yep. So that's why I'm mad at Joe Rogan. <laughs> Yeah, I've never actually seen that clip, uh, but uh, like I've heard people say it was funny, and like for me, that's all that matters. Like, sure, you could say it was a racist joke, but that doesn't ergo mean they are racist. It's kind of like at the end of the day, we're grownups here, and you can recognize, like, hey, that was funny. I don't think he legitimately means he hates black people, and somehow you extrapolate that from that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's almost like a was it the the generic fucking like Shapiro. Ruben thing like the bigotry of low expectations or whatever like that's that's kind of what it is a little bit yeah. like you really you really think people can't realize this is a joke and like if you can't it's kind of go well, fuck you <laughs> yeah like if racist jokes weren't funny you wouldn't need to tell people not to say them like if a joke isn't funny in the long run it'll be sort of weeded out of the comedy ecosystem i don't need yeah. to tell people not to make jokes about like the murder of julius caesar people just don't do it anymore no yeah, Actually, no, indeed. I did see uh, a picture of like some Caesar salad dressing with a knife in it. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> it's pretty impressive to pull off that joke now. Yeah, I love the um, phrasing of, you know, a white person would never be able to publicly use the N-word again and not pay a price. Yeah. Like there's, a, there's sort of price? explicit vindictiveness here. A very, I mean, we all know it. But I'm amazed this guy said it out loud that like, you know, this is an, an overt form of punishment, a kind of social enforcement by which blacks are kind of the well, not sort of the, the public at large, but African-Americans in particular are this sort of um, social Gestapo that is making sure like we find wrong or wrong speakers and like making sure they say punish for it. Right. My affirmative duty to punish you, to make you suffer for saying the N word. So, yeah, like, what's yeah, the penalty? Like what exactly. they say a price, but like what am I physically paying like a an N-word ticket? Like how <laughs> oh. how much do I get fined? <laughs> you know, and yeah, and the thing is in theory it could be physical, right? I mean that's that's strangely enough the norm. We always say, you know, I can't believe that you call, you know, oh, you think the blacks are violent? I dare you to say that in front of one. You kick your ass for that. Right. right. 
Like it, I've seen clips on you. I've seen clips on Twitter where people say like, you know, it'll be some white kid getting the shit kicked out of him. And they're like, you know, this black kid said this white kid said the N word right before I started recording. Right. It's like, you didn't catch him saying it. No, but I just take my word for it, homie. And then, and even if forget what the audience thinks, the person who sent out the clip thought that that was enough. Right. Wait, Whoever it was figured mm -hmm. like he read the social scene. He, he saw the landscape and he's like, you know, damn, I find it really funny that this kid got the shit kicked out of him. I got to find some way to justify it. I got it. I will just, without evidence, accuse him of saying the N-word, and then it's all free and clear. One yeah, of my favorite things is the, uh, every, remember when there was, like, a string of events of, like, kids getting bullied in some way, like, a few years back, and it was always, like, a white kid, and it, it like, started a bunch of GoFundMes, and celebrities would be like, we're, we're here for you. And then, like, the very next day after it goes viral, there's always, like, a huge thing of, like, their parents are Confederate flag, like, and they say the <laughs> N-word. It, it's, like, just overnight, just done. This kid's fruit of the poison tree. Yeah. I Which, that. I mean, you can do to just about any white person. You could probably dig up something like that, their fi oh, familial yeah. connection, whatever. I do want to say someone brought up a good point, and you kind of brought up it too, uh, about the, uh, like, what it, what would be the price? If we apply libertarian theory, it'd be, you would, the restitution would be the market value of an N-word pass. So, Unite your boost yeah. server. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back into it. Yeah. Rogan has so far paid no steep professional price for using a racial slur that's been called the nuclear bomb of racial epithets. It may even boost his career. That's what some say happened to another white entertainer who was recently caught using the word. It's a sign of how desensitized we have become to the rising levels of violence, rhetorical and physical, in our country that Rogan slurs were largely treated as the latest racial outrage of the week. Already going into now they're conflating violence, rhetorical violence. Like what? <laughs> like that? Like that's not a thing. That's. Are, I mean, that, that that's just whatever. That is. Yeah, I, you but know, they're already always, baking it um, in. You know. Yeah, they're always going to to play with words on violence uh, mm -hmm. and equivocate on the subject. So you might as well just. Yeah. It's like, yeah. There's nothing to say on that one. Yeah, I know. I just, I like, I know we're kind of pointing out this is almost like a. I like the I guess nuclear this, bomb of racial epithets. <laughs> this whole, uh, this whole episode or this, this is kind of almost that like generic, like the conservatives thing where it's like, well, what if the other side did it? Like, I get we're kind of pointing out hypocrisy a little bit here, but it's so ridiculous. And this is such a mask off moment that it's like, it's, it's hard for us not to go over it just to be like, look how ridiculous they are. For one, like, it's either one of two things or a mixture of the two. Either someone wrote this article thinking there was going to be an audience for it, or there is an audience for it, or some combination of the two. And it is oh, yeah. insane that that's a thing. <laughs> like, I, I think yeah. the, 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 the guy who wrote the article is definitely, again, he is right, perhaps in ways he doesn't realize. I, I, I am going to systematically underrate the intelligence of the writer. And not because he's black, yeah. just in general. It's because he writes for CNN, really. I mean, I'm yeah. doing that because he's black, but yeah. <laughs> but he is seeing something. Like he is, like you know, he is from the looks of him, you know, maybe in his you know forties or fifties, if I had to guess. And so, you know, he was born post civil rights. So in his entire, you know, even teenage and adult life, you know, 
the N-word was, or, or N-word accusations really were like the ultimate power source. That's like the Green Lantern battery. It's like a white man's kryptonite. You can bring him to his knees and he's seeing it like not work. You know, it's like, it's like breaking kayfabe for him. You know, so he has to, he is right to be confused, right? This is not the country he grew up in, right? In the country he grew up in, you could absolutely fucking annihilate some cracker for saying nigger. Right. And it's not yeah. working. And he is on, and you know, he has access to CNN. He, you know, inquisitive minds want to know what's yeah. going on. What's the, what's the deal? I do like your point though. I can kind of see what you're getting at, how there's almost, you could write an inverse of this, making the same exact points, but kind of having a different message in a certain sense. Cause he is getting at how norms are being shifted and like, we're in a new environment and there is something to that, but I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's, this is something else. Um, all right. But once we allow a white public figure to repeatedly use the foulest racial epithet in the English language without experiencing any form of punishment, we become a different country. All right. There's actually another point I want to touch on real quick that I kind of brought to mind. The, for me, I guess this is kind of speaking to my experience as a white man who I lived in Maine up until like middle, middle of the way through uh, high school. And in Maine, I don't feel like it was like very racist there, but it was like there weren't many black people. And then I moved to Tennessee, a rural area. There was some racism for sure. And it was the same environment of not very many black people. And it's like, I, my personal experience is not what this guy is, is describing at all. Like at all. And even now to this day, like there was someone a while ago put out some tweet that said something like about the Rogan thing. Some like blue check woman was like, can you imagine uh, being able to say the n-word and keep your job and it's like you don't understand the vast majority of or maybe not even the vast majority but a lot of jobs like pretty much all the trades i've been like a mechanic most of my life i've worked in like i was construction when i was a kid like i've worked landscaping it was said all the time everywhere and like they wouldn't they're like i mean i mean i'm sure maybe given a certain context you could somehow lose your job but it's not this I mean, maybe it's a tale of different worlds, different places. This country is too big and it's just different experiences going on everywhere. But this is not the experience of America, like at large. Like this is not some singular concept going on, that this is really the reality of the world. I don't know if you guys have anything on that. I mean, I guess you guys have obviously have very different experiences. Than yeah, I, yeah. I, I travel in different circles. So definitely for yeah. a white person around me to say it, we get them in way more trouble, I imagine, than especially if you were in the army, right? I don't yeah. think like the entire military is a hostile work environment by definition. So you can't really <laughs> say good. like somebody's created one for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, also just even being like working in like, cause I was a mechanic and then also I worked before I joined the military, I was in construction. I worked landscaping, like pretty much if you're like in places where you're working with your hands, it's pretty normal. Like it's not even necessarily the N word per se, but just fucked up humor shit like mm -hmm. that. Like, yeah, just shit that people would be like horrified in like a corporate environment, but and it's always um, almost always in good fun. It's never really like a hateful thing. It's just shooting the shit while you're doing a miserable job roofing in fucking a hundred degree weather or whatever, you know. Like this is just how they got Papa John. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean the way they got Papa John was funny because it's almost like a parody. You because he was on a phone call, you know. Uh, he was doing a group call, wasn't he? And he was describing situations where it wouldn't be okay to say it. It's like, so we, we shouldn't let somebody say nigger like this. And then like, aha, we got you. Like he was quoting a hypothetical bad person, indicating them as bad. And that was enough. 
But I mean, it's crazy though. But that's what they're getting Rogan for, like, or trying to get Rogan for. The exact well, I mean, Rogan wasn't saying it as like an irony thing. I mean, he's just making yeah. jokes. You know, if you're a yeah. comedian with other comedians for how long has he had the show? Right, five years plus. Oh, a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. see, I'm just happy to know the circumstances under which he said it, right? Because if you've gone that long and I've never heard you say it, I just have to assume that you're like really holding in racist thoughts and you're afraid you're going to get caught. That you would say it so fearlessly it indicates some kind of comfort. It's like, okay. Yeah. If yeah, anything, I'd be more concerned if he's done that many thousands of hours of podcasting and never said the N word. Like, it'd be weird. You know, it, like, it's really weird that people, I mean, I get it to a degree that people would deem like the N word as like the, the holiest of unholy of slurs for everything but like isn't that kind of subjective to i mean you know, it's the religion everybody yeah yeah like yeah. That, that word isn't very meaningful in mexico you know <laughs> but i'm sure if you said spick that's good you're gonna get a different look in some places but i mean i don't know that's just me i don't care either way yeah, they get into that more in the article later about different yeah, okay. contexts of different places, which that's also where it gets more ridiculous and more subjective because it's like now you're talking about different cultures and different – I don't know. It gets wild. Uh, you have anything right. else to add, Marcel, before we move on? Oh, I mean, I was, I was thinking about the class character of the writer here, but I guess we can touch on it at some other point. Yeah. Um, the vague shape of my thought is this is just – like the fact that it's not working on Joe Rogan – it's just an outgrowth of what happened originally, where it was like Spotify's own workers, middle management class, you know, trying to revolt and like, you know, we got to get Joe Rogan off. But the Spotify executives had already spent, you know, $100 million or whatever amount on him. And so what we're seeing is like journalists, like that's saying it's like a horizontal expansion where, you know, the middle, middle management and HR have taken their have taken their struggle international. Right. They've gone to the entire, you know, midwit union and said, we need like all out assault on Joe Rogan, please. And you have like, you know, mid-tier musicians, uh, you know, CNN writers, as we see. And the people who actually run Spotify are still somehow ha hanging fast. So there's a certain kind of class solidarity happening, I think. Yeah. And I think it's just because, you know, when you're at this level, you know, the N-word is a weapon for you and it has to stay a weapon for you because that's how, you know, you have this overproduced elite and you need to like clam for any position you can. And one of the, like the, the all reliable, right, is if you just catch somebody saying it and you're like, boom, got him. And somehow Joe Rogan is invoking like Howard Stern privileges. It's like, no, this is our weapon. And, you know, you go to other journalists like, please help us, right? Joe Rogan is striking at the N-word norm. Yeah, this is a there's some there's like Normal. a subtext to this whole article of like this is like they the, them the establishment whatever this is them screeching into the void calling them racist doesn't work anymore like that's basically what it, this is like this well what what happens if we're not able to use our magic racist word and get the desired effect anymore like oh no like I do want to also point out real quick before we I just noticed. They capitalize white and black every time they use it, which something about that is crazy. Oh, they capitalize white? Yes. I remember it was a thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> when George Floyd died, do you remember? Yeah. Like, so we're going to be capitalizing black but not capitalizing white. And somebody said, like, um, you know, an Indo-European step conqueror couldn't miss the symbolism there. Yeah. No, it's uh, – well, it's more just weird because it gives me this, like – I don't. it gives me this feeling that it's almost like the – 
uh, I forget what it's called, but you know the the new you know how they we were talking earlier about how like you not giving pushback makes you not black. Like they're redefining black and white, and like so by capitalizing white and capitalizing black, it's almost like they're like make a subtle differentiation that way. Like oh well, we well, we don't mean like white as in like you know someone with a lighter skin tone. We mean someone who's expressing these specific things. Like this is almost like white trademark or whatever. TM, yeah, white you know? is more like, of a moral category than a yes. racial one. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. This all right, let's move on. All right, we accept the mainstreaming of a form of political violence that is dangerous as a January 6th attack. So now they're already conflating this to saying the N-word is a form of political violence is as dangerous as a January 6th attack. I'll make Amen. the exchange. Again, <laughs> I, I, this is my my offer to whoever you know runs America. I will do it. I will I'm a libertarian, I've been a libertarian the whole time, but I will absolutely sell out. Okay, I will endorse jailing this man for speech if you release a January Sixers. Unprincipled exception, just for you. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty fair trade. You, you said you look like it's something to say, Crip. Oh no, I just uh, I agree with that article. I, I remember the first moment I heard Joe Rogan say the N word. Uh, I immediately shot a woman trying to break into my house. <laughs> Since that day, my life has never known peace. Snakes manifested in my house physically. And that's it's just the way it had to be. I, I'm not happy with the outcome of how these things happen, but you know, this is this is just what happens when white people say the worst word ever made. All right. Some might say that comparing a podcaster's moronic musings about race to January 6th is hyperbole. No shit. They will invoke cancel culture and political correctness. The man apologized, they will say, and he did. He called his comments the most regretful and shameful thing, adding, I know that to most people, there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast, and I agree with that. I want to say 100%, I don't, and I've already said that before. This is actually one of my only complaints about Rogan. But I actually think, I will say real quick, I do think he genuinely meant that. Like, as time is going on, because he has, I forget how much of a lefty centrist-ish that Rogan kind of is. So when he first said that, I was a little bit like, what the fuck? I thought he was like kind of lying. But the more I've stood him, the more I'm like, I actually think he might legitimately mean that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. If you look like There's you're on the same kind of, um, I'm not sure how to characterize the kind of movement that has led to this, but maybe it's like an outgrowth of Tumblr-ness or a certain kind of people who like read um, – psychiatry books psychology books like recreationally just a fish for disorders but there's definitely a thing and people talk about emotional labor and they also talk about you know like what is a real apology right and they and you know they're non-apologies for people like you know you know i'm sorry you feel so bad right or i'm sorry that you're so sensitive you know and these are like i'm sorry you're so sensitive is obviously just another attack disguised as an apology but there is a certain kind where a person they're not sorry that they did what they did they are just sorry that you're hurt and that's the kind of apology Joe Rogan is. I don't doubt that Joe Rogan, he's not sorry that he got caught as such. I think Joe Rogan may well believe that there are you know, people out there whose feelings are actually hurt by hearing him say it. There's, It's a myth, I'll tell you. Nobody is actually hurt by this, which is all, like I said, being sort of held hostage in this way. We just see it like as a political tool. But nobody's actually, I've never met a person right, whose feelings have been like legitimately hurt yeah. uh, by hearing like somebody on TV say it right obviously imagine if you're if you're if you're black and you have like a white friend and then you're you thought he was you know he was your man and then you know one day he just gets mad and he just like calls you a nigger in anger like okay that's probably gonna hurt but like you know i was just you know riding the car listening to joe rogan experience and then you know he said nigger and i had to like pull the car to the side of the road and just contemplate 
<laughs> you know, I called into work like, boss, I'm going to be late. That'd be the like, that never fucking everything. happened. <laughs> like, I just heard someone say nigger. I got to take the day off. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Because, like, what would your boss do in that situation, right? Because, I mean, on one hand, yeah, obviously, shut up, get over it. But, like, does your boss really want to be that guy? No. He, he, I, 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 I kind of fear to, like, let loose this weapon into the world, but I've just thought about it, and it probably yeah. would work. It, no, you know what's funny is, uh, a kind of related, but not my, my black friend, she put a tip jar. To show uh, out, at the beginning of <laughs> Black History Month, where she works on her front desk for Black History Month, and without her boss's permission, just did it. And she made like not you know a lot of money, but like she made money. <laughs> and her boss wasn't gonna be the one to be like, hey, take that down. <laughs> it's literally the equivalent of like girls. Like, I don't know if you've ever had friends or girls in high school that will like openly admit, like, oh yeah, I just told my teacher I had uh, I was having period issues and I just left class. Like shit yeah. like that. Like that's exact like basically exact same thing. <laughs> just make up some nonsense. Ah, whatever. I know they'll let this fly. Like, okay, like. Yeah, I heard someone say the N word, and I'm really fucked up about it. And I, I need to take, I need, I need to take at least a period, and you know, th- you know, think about it. Like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> God, I wish I was blank. <laughs> <laughs> that extra muscle would come in handy. <laughs> like, um, unlimited cosmic power, itty bitty living space in the situation. All right. Do, do, do. He said, Rogan said after video showing him using the N-word more than 20 times in different podcast episodes. Just, by the way, I thought that the thing was hilarious, personally. But, I mean, I guess not everyone gets the same uh, reaction. Yeah. Rogan has also apologized for a video of him comparing a gathering of black people to Planet of the Apes. He has said he, he is not racist. I in love the this pa- quote. There's quotes around not racist. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know. Character to it. Yeah, which is like I even said earlier, we, we kind of you guys kind of were like teasing me a little bit where I was like, I'm not racist. And that's like it has become to the point now where as like if you're a white dude and you say you're not racist, that makes you sound like you are like. And yeah, it, <laughs> you should never it's you know, whenever you defend yourself against anything, you have to make sure that you don't re, like don't ever reaffirm the charge in your denunciation. Yeah. Right. Like if someone like calls you a Nazi. Don't say I'm not a Nazi. Just say like I'm libertarian. I mean, th- it means the same thing to them anyway. But like, you have to make sure that you keep the accusation out of the, you know, saying out of the, the defense. Otherwise, yeah. it just reaffirms it in your mind. It just sounds like you. Yeah, it sounds like you're guilty. I it's disagree what? with it. Good. Good. I, I no, I would just agree with him. Maybe. Oh yeah, obviously oh, agreeing. Uh, yes. You're Best you're thing to do yeah. is to just, just turn your head aside. And go, yes, right. But, I do. Yeah. I do want to point out. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that. People will, I mean, for one, it is funny. It's a funny joke. But when people will say, like, I'm not racist, I have black friends. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's literally the best defense you could possibly give to it. And people always give that shit. Like, how could you really make the case that I genuinely think, I mean, I guess maybe you could say there's some sort of a little bit, but if I'm like, literally my friends are, like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to in my head, I guess it depends on how you define racism. And that's when you get this like slippery area. And for me, it's like, if you have friends that are black, it's like, at the very least, you're not that racist. (laughs) You know, what you should do is if you ever say, you know, I'm not racist, I have black friends. And they say, Oh, that doesn't help. You should be like, what the, why the fuck do I have them? (laughs) (laughs) 
In the past, white, capitalized white, public figures who used the N-word provoked uh, universal and unqualified condemnation, but Rogan has gotten some support. You know what? That's a fucking lie, first off. That's been a, like, I don't know, I mean, obviously there was that Stern thing. There's been plenty of people who've done blackface, said the N-word. It really just depends on yeah, whether they yeah, Howard Stern, you know, it depends on whether the establishment wants to go after you or not, really, is what it comes down to. But they just turn a blind eye and pretend those things don't happen, you know, but whatever. Um, his comments drew criticism from Daniel Eck, chief executive of Spotify, which reportedly pays Rogan at least $100 million to carry his megular, mega popular podcast. Eck said Rogan's racial slurs do not represent the values of this country or this company. Uh, but Eck also said Spotify will continue to stand by Rogan, who had the most popular podcast on the streaming platform this year. The big thing about this, though, I mean, the, I guess not going to too much of a diatribe here, but it's fucking retarded how everyone goes on it. But like the, the main crux of this, how they're trying to get removed from Spotify. It's like, I don't think you realize like he's basically an entrepreneur here. He's not like he's not hired by Spotify per se. He's someone who, pr who brought something to them and was like, do you want this? And if you don't want it, I'll fuck right off and go somewhere else. Like, so the idea that we're going to get him fired from Spotify or it, it's really, it's not, he's basically an entrepreneur that currently only has one client, but he's completely able to go get other clients. It's yeah. basically what he is. They right pay now. for him already. Yeah. He already so, has the money. So yeah. I mean, if they fucking boot him, he's just going to go somewhere else. Like, and he's probably, if anything, going to do better. Like, they're literally in a complete lose-lose situation here, the establishment. So that's what's so beautiful about this is that, like, there's no – it's just them flailing, and it's fucking pitiful and kind of funny. Um, all right. We should have clear lines around content and take action when they are crossed, but canceling voices is a slippery slope, X said in a memo to his staff. Another media mogul offered Rogan a lucrative new gig. The chief executive of another social media company offered Rogan $100 million to bring his podcast to its platform, citing Rogan's legion of fans and desire for real conversation, which that kind of goes to my earlier point. Just, just It's like, dude, like, he's, he, he would go somewhere else immediately. So I don't know what you want from here, like from this. He literally has a product that has value. Like, I don't know what you want to screech into the wind and, and somehow re re remove that value. He's going to have other places to go. So, um, yeah, there's yeah. also a question of where he even would go, right? Yeah, because you know, Joe Rogan is kind of the I, I really like use this word with like you know, massive air quotes here, but he's like sort of the last dissident left, right? And you know, if you kick him out, like let's say he goes, people still want to listen to him, right? So, you have it like let's say you are a sort of you know, a, 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 a socially responsible capitalist, right? Joe Rogan, the kind of people he has on, it's like, you know, well, for the vaccines, like Brett Weinstein, right? He was the one who was doing vaccine skepticism and things like that, right? He just has like intellectual dark web type people, sitting centers like Tulsi Gabbard, Barry Weiss, right? And, you know, that's like the, 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 the new boundary. You know, he is kind of what Jon Stewart used to be, you know, back in during the Bush administration. If you ever wanted to get the real, you know, secret uh brave opinions on how to criticize the bush administration and fight fascism like that like john stewart was a guy who gave you like here's the edgy opinion joe rogan is like the guy who gives you the edgy opinion straight you know from spotify tm right and they paid 100 million dollars for the privilege let's say you kick off joe rogan all the people who want to listen to it i mean where are they going to go like gab right they're just going to go to something else and i'm sure right you know there are like lefty ngos or even the executive of spotify themselves who are saying like you know, let's say we do care 
what our mid-levelers think. They, we don't, but let's say that we did. If we kick Joe Rogan off, people are just going to follow him to some new platform where all the other canceled people are and then immediately leave him for all those other canceled people, right? Like if you're, if you go to Stefan Molyneux of all people, right? Just as, a, as, a, as an example, right? You go to Gab and you just, it's like, oh, I'm on BitChute now. I'm going to keep, you're going to keep watching Joe Rogan on BitChute if you're here for edgy opinions now. They're way edgier people <laughs> on BitChute than Joe Rogan. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right. This guy, I watches the Watchmen, which is extra funnier that he has an icon picture of a Down syndrome tiger. Uh, Justin Trudeau did blackface and is calling his political dissenters Nazis. Uh, thanks for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, that's kind of the point I'm getting at is that, like, it's, I mean, he, not that I necessarily even really care about blackface. It's just yeah. the idea of that we will have this double standard depending on who the people are. And it's kind of the perfect example of it. And honestly, there's an hypocrisy there, right? I mean, did any Nazis do blackface? They're pretty funny, but I don't think any of them did. I no. wish they did. <laughs> I, I think if I think of any of them doing, I can easily imagine like Herman Goering the most, like Maybe. parading himself around at someone's birthday party. You know, look at me. I am an African American. <laughs> That'd be the funniest shit. It's definitely a good skit there to be made. Some sort of like like fucking Key and Peel skit or something, you know. <laughs> All right. They did, they had that. There was a Key and Peel sketch uh uh where they're hunting for blacks and um the the Nazi was like, you know, uh, black people really like catnip. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. I saw that one. It's actually really good. <laughs> I think they almost got him too with the catnip, which was retarded. But all right, and and former President Donald Trump told Rogan he should stop apologizing for his controversies, including the racial slurs and spreading COVID nineteen misinformation, because he shouldn't allow critics to make him look weak and frightened. I would actually, I I would agree with that, sort of, depending on. I, I don't think you should ever apologize to the mob unless you mean it. Like, and even then be careful. I mean, even then, maybe even not. Like, if you're going to apologize, you better mean it. Because if it's like a fake apology, I, I don't think it's good. But I don't know. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier with Rogan. I think he actually may have meant it. I think he actually may be like, I don't like, I, I, I find that offends people and I don't like using that word, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I don't know. All right. Rogan's use of the N-word could even boost his career if it follows the trajectory of another white entertainer, country music star Morgan Wallen. We'll just and pause you, right here. I've yeah. never heard of this person before, so the career boost might not have been that strong. Yeah, I'm not a strong country music guy, so I, I don't I don't know. I, maybe you are Crip. I kind of doubt it. But <laughs> I've never heard of the guy ever, so it's oh, a no. weird example. So, But you know what I would even say, too? I don't even think really – the N-word thing isn't what will boost Rogan's career. It's the flailing of the establishment that will boost yeah, his career. Yeah, it's everything that came. Yeah, the capital W of white here in this sentence really does jump out. Like, it, it is like a faction. Right? Yeah. It's creepy. It's like, this is like, not to overuse it, but this is like borderline 1984 stuff. Where, like, <laughs> why are you capitalizing that? Like, this is something... for Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wallen's career seemed finished a year ago after he was caught on video using the N-word in a conversation with a friend. Radio stations and streaming services dropped him from their playlists. The Academy of Country Music declared him ineligible for the 2021 ACM Awards. Wallen apologized but was widely condemned. Also, I'd like to give a visual also for those of you who have read 1984. Uh, sort of imagine Winston in his room sitting off in the corner with his journal and he's just writing nigger, 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 nigger all over it. He's like, I looked and I, I knew it. I'd sign my own death warrant. <laughs> all right, there you go. That's pretty good. Um, I do want to... 
I, I, the, the creepy thing about this already is that they're pointing out, they're using an example of someone who apologized, paid consequences, but the issue is that his consequences were not bad enough and he was allowed to come back from it. Like, like it's literally like, I know it's a tired old trope. I mean, it's like the Shapiro, you know, Ruben esque thing of like, you know, uh, oh, these, there's no redemption story for the le- for for people, but it, it's true. Like the, the, their issue is that this person even came back. Like, this dude apologized. Like, and this is actually something I'd probably, I mean, depending on the situation, I might even fault him for apologizing. But this dude apologized, did what they would supposedly want to do. But they're the issue they're having and it applies to Rogan as well is that he's not paying enough of a price, or the fact he's even fucking like still involved in the. Like they just think like, oh, you said nigger, you should go live in the woods now and never interact with the world. Like, what the fuck is this? It's so retarded. It's like, like a Galt's Galt situation for people. Yeah, I don't know. All right, a year later, Wallen's career has not only rebounded but exploded, according to Billboard magazine. His songs are back on the radio, and he had the most popular album of 2021 in the U.S., according to Billboard. Wallen is embarking on a nationwide tour with many dates already sold out and slated to headline music festivals this summer. Rolling Stone published an article earlier this month of the headline, Did Dropping the N-Word Actually Help Morgan Wallen's Career? The article yes. quoted an, hell yeah. <laughs> the article quoted a Nashville industry insider who said Wallen's popularity surged after his use of the N-word became the backlash, or because the backlash made him a martyr to people that hold what I would say are prejudices. This is where like they're getting to this point where they're kind of purposely interpreting it to the way that suits them. A like, St. Paul, really. Yeah. A recent USA Today story said Wallen has become an anti-cancel culture hero and quote an ex- executive who said that the more the mainstream criticizes Wallen, the more power those who support his bigotry begin to feel. That is where it's like, okay, you're conflating things. Now they have made it to the point where even ever uttering the N-word or the word nigger or whatever, now you're a bigot. Like yeah. you're a bigot because you've you you you've said that, and anyone who even likes you or like they support your bigotry, <laughs> like I, I don't know, it's fucking ridiculous. No, um, they saying that. Um, meanwhile, Rogan is now reframing the backlash over his use of the N word as a cancel cancel culture battle. The funny thing is, I keep going off. That is exactly what it is. That's a hundred percent what it is. Like this started over the vaccine shit. Anyone with fucking eyes and ears can tell you that, or that, that isn't like just buying everything fed to them. Like this is not over the N word. This is cancel culture shit. That's a hundred percent what it is. So <laughs> to act like it's not is fucking to not live in reality. Like it's like they want to focus on this one thing and when it doesn't work. So they're like, well, look, see the N word doesn't do the job. This because racists, you know? All right. This is a political hit job, he recently said, suggesting that the controversy may actually help him. It's good because it makes me address some expletive that I really wish wasn't out there. He told the guest on his show Tuesday. I'm pretty sure he said shit, which is weird they wouldn't say it, but whatever. Uh, he told the guest on his show Tuesday, you just have to stay offline. Life goes on as normal, which is the most mature take you could have. You know, like, oh no, he said the N-word now and he's going on with his life as opposed to like, living in shame uh, it's quite clear like he wants you to suffer right yes all right i love the the the, the sort of like section title here the line that no white person once <laughs> dared cross <laughs> there really is like the person who writes this i'm sure if you ask this person like 
hey, do you think that America is like a white supremacist society or like a not only systemically but a systematically racist country? He'd say yes, right? But like this verbiage is is you know unmistakable. Is like the line that no white person dare cross. White people need to pay the consequences. And he's not like saying it's like something that not only should happen but something that always happens is normal is like the way of the world that there are presumably other whites, but also non-whites like himself are like, you know, destroying white people for violating these taboos. And he's just, he's only confused as to why it's not happening right now. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It just, it seems like bizarre. It's like this childish way of looking at the world. Be like my perspective on the world is the way the world is. And that's that. Like, cause this is, I mean, like I said earlier, like my perspective on the world, this is the, the craziest part of this article is that none of this matches up to my reality whatsoever. Like, and it's not to say I live in like, I go to clan meetings every day and they're going crazy. And like, we're talking about how we hate black people, but it's more just this flippant more thing. Every other make... kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I invited you one time and you won't show up about it. Right. Yeah. No, I'm just not like that. I guess. I don't know. All right. You're lost. <laughs> for decades, life would never go on as normal for a white person caught using the N-word. <laughs> this represents a momentous shift in American culture. There used to be a consensus that any white person caught using the N-word or other racial slurs would pay a hefty price. Once again, I, that, I can tell you from my experience, that's not the case. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, Obviously, if I called my boss that was a black man at work, you know that, yes, but if they just caught me shooting the shit at the job and they overheard me say that they might be like, dude, what the fuck? And that'd be about it. You know, <laughs> like, um, not that long ago. Many did in 2018. The actress Roseanne Barr had her popular sitcom canceled after she made a series of racist tweets. If you remember, if I remember correctly, that one wasn't even really that bad. It was, and I don't even think she even knew the chick was black. If I like, I don't know. It's according to her. Um, that same year, a top executive resigned from Netflix after using the N word in front of black employees wasn't he usually like you, i don't know if one of you guys recall i believe if i recall correctly he was literally just like citing it like using context like he wasn't even like or he would i don't know i can't remember exact context but something along the lines of like hey we can't be letting people say nigger on netflix or something like that like it wasn't like he was saying it in a way to call anyone deal. bad or something. Like, yeah <laughs> really <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, they keep getting punished for like, like feeling out the edges of the rule, and then you just immediately fall prey to it. Yeah, happens Which, to the best of us. Also, I Which, should just say for your, for you, and for the audience, like when I look in this direction, that means I'm looking at my second monitor. That means I'm like reading the article. Right. That's all. It is. Okay. Just looking away because you can't stand the bigotry. Because I'm um, a libertarian autist and I can't make eye contact <laughs> with you, so I have to. It makes sense. I know. I I just can't even wrap my head around the idea of people getting mad about people using it and just like quoting like say for example you were reading huckleberry finn or whatever and you said it like i can't imagine people getting upset about like situations like that where it's not even like at least it's like questionable if you're like i mean i still don't agree with it but someone got mad it was a joke you could be like offended okay but they're just quoting it that just blows my mind that anyone would even be upset about that whatsoever like no matter what you are but anyways celebrity chef Paula Dean lost her business empire and saw her cooking shows canceled yeah. by the Food Network in 2013 after she admitted using the N-word during a deposition in a lawsuit. I will so, say that... Under oath. They had her under oath swear 
And, and well, she did more than that. I feel we've all forgotten. Yep. She also hosted a wedding, a slave plantation themed wedding. And uh, there's another thing. She oh, um, another bit about that was there's a Law and Order episode about it. This came out at the, around the same time that Trayvon Martin got like that trial was 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 there. And in the Law and Order episode, like it was Paula Dean shot Trayvon Martin. They merged them both. They turned this woman into a killer. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and and getting white people to say the N word in court is apparently like you know it's it, it's a true catch twenty two. I remember. Um, my co-host on my podcast, Dan, he was saying how during the OJ trial, uh, one of the cops, there's an issue of like getting one of these cops on the stand because they knew that Johnny Cochran was going to ask a cop on the stand, have you ever in your life used the N-word? And that was like the first time, like the N-word, like that was when that phrase came into the lexicon. And uh, the the prosecutor objected, saying, like, we can't have this guy on, on the stand because if we do, Cochran's just going to ask him and put them in this absurd catch-22. Like, have you said the N-word in your life? And if he says no, I mean, that's obviously a fucking lie. Unless he says, like, Johnny Cochran, I can assure you, not once in my life have I ever used the phrase the N-word because it's 1993 and that you just made that up, right? <laughs> but Otherwise, he'll have to say yes, and like the jury will be like, "Well, how can we trust the word of a cop who said the n-word when he was, you know, seventeen years old?" I mean, I'm being too charitable. He's in the LAPD or whatever. I'm sure he's probably said it like on his way into the courthouse. Yeah, well, it is funny that it would even be a thing. A uh, little, little aside. I, I actually just recalled the first time I ever said it to someone. I was like, I, I must have been like ten or eleven. And I legit, I didn't even wow. know what it meant. I just knew it is an offensive word. I didn't even know the racial context. And I called a black friend of mine that because he did something that pissed me off. And, I, and, and he got so upset. And I found out what it meant later because I was like, he got so upset. And it just seemed like a, for me, I was like, I didn't understand. It like, felt I meant natural. Like I didn't, yeah, it felt natural. I didn't, like, I knew it was going to upset him because I'd seen it used somewhere before and I knew it was upsetting. <laughs> That's but, like, I, but I didn't understand the context, and so I looked into it later, and I found out what it meant, and I was like, "Oh my fuck!" Like you I was just like, stumbled I felt on the awful. nuclear button, like you know, I was like, "Man, I have a black friend. I want to make him mad. I don't know how. I don't know why, but I feel like I've stumbled on overliable. I somehow it just the spirit of like a thousand white men before you. It's like you know, it's like the Avatar cycle yeah, yeah, yeah. when all every single one of them looks at you, and like your eyes glow white, and you're like, "I'll pull it out." It's like how birds know to fly the right way just by instinct, you know? <laughs> yeah, except instead of flying in a V formation, it's an yeah. N formation. Yeah, I apologized profusely for that once I found out. I felt so bad. <laughs> it's like Because I just knew it would upset him, but I, like, as I was mad at him, like I just meant to offend, but I was like, I didn't realize how offensive it was going to be. So... One time, Louis C.K. and Patrice O'Neill were on, um, I don't know if it was Opie and Anthony, or it might have been Howard Stern, but... Um, Patrice O'Neill was was doing an elaborate thing. I was like, you know, do you know how this one Jewish slur that I'm really not going to say, right? Uh, but it starts with a K. It's like, you know where this slur came from? He explains, like, you know, it's like the Yiddish word for circle or something. And when they were coming to Ellis Island, they didn't, like, want to sign. Or they were illiterate or something or whatever. And so they did that. And so that word for circle got shortened into a word that I'm not going to say. And Louis C.K. listens. He's like, hmm, hmm. And you know where the word nigger came from? And Patrice O'Neill's like, where? It's like some black guy was just being a nigger. And it just came naturally. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a feeling. And so you describing how at 10 years old, you just sort of just instinctively came up. It just comes out. 
<laughs> can't help it. It's in our nature. It's, a, it's really just a sound of frustration, right? It's like, you know, you want to shout something. You don't know what. Yeah. You choke it back. And that that's it. <laughs> the funny thing, too, is that black dude was like the whitest black dude you'd ever meet in your life. So. Until today. Yeah, until today. All right. In the career of Seinfeld's Michael Richards cratered after he was caught calling hecklers the N-word in 2006. I have actually never looked into the context of that at all, so I don't know if that's even defensible. That one was just indefensible. <laughs> that one was just straight up. Michael Richards was at the Laugh Factory, I think, and he was a <laughs> he was being heckled. And there's a whole song on Mad TV, which shows you how long ago this was. It must have been like 2006, called um, "The Black Tirade," which is set to "The Black Parade" by My Chemical Romance. We've all heard of that song. We've all been 13 years old. And uh, he said. He said, hey there, you N-word, remember, we used to lynch you N-words and stick a fork up your ass bone. Like, he was, like, going nonstop. Like, each person, like, throw him out, he's a nigger, throw him out, he's a nigger, and, like, exulting in it. And then later on, you know, he tried to make it better by going on TV, right? He was on um, the Letterman show. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld himself was like, you know, my friend Michael Richards is here trying to, apo- to apologize for all the people he's hurt. And he's like, you know, you never seen Kramer from Seinfeld so like beaten down. It's like, dude, you were caught in, in, in 240p, right? We had your ass. <laughs> all right. Maybe that one's not defensible, but yeah. But even then, he did my earlier point. He was intentionally offending. Maybe not the con- the place to do it. You know? I mean, as you can hear from me, it's it's funny because it was it wasn't happening to me. But I can definitely imagine, you know, if you are a black person in a theater being loud for you know reasons I don't need to elaborate on, they were just right, and then suddenly, like the 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 entertainer takes a break from his routine and like calls you the n word for like like a full minute, right? Talking about like how he misses the days of lynchings. I can definitely see how like you would be like a little bit, uh, I don't want to say traumatized, but definitely your day, it's the most interesting day of your year, at least. Yeah. I mean, I will say that this still is not conclusive proof that Michael Richards is a racist. It just means he intentionally offended some black people once. <laughs> <laughs> that too was the Avatar spirit coming into him. And like, <laughs> it's like, um, Racist Pentecostalism, right? The ghost just comes to you. You start speaking in tongues. Except instead of babbling nonsense, you're just saying the N-word over and over again. Sounds like a boondocks bit. Um, All right. The price that white people paid for crossing this line wasn't legal. No one called for them to be jailed or fined. But many were shamed and exiled from their professional communities. The prohibition against white people using racist language in public was so severe that a person could see their career destroyed even if they used a racial slur that most people didn't comprehend. George Allen was a popular U.S. senator who seemed to be cruising to re-election in Virginia in 2006 when he was filmed using the word macaca, which is a type of monkey, to describe an Indian-American volunteer with the campaign of his opponent. Funny. Which, yeah, That's which funny. I don't, which is kind of what I was getting to what you were getting at earlier. I have no idea the context here, how offensive that really is, the intent, anything. It's just plain... I mean, I guess just assuming it was probably intentionally offensive. I, I don't know. She was doing a press conference. I kind of vaguely remember this. God, I must have been like 11 or 12 years old at the time, which gives away how old I am. Uh, yeah, it was a press conference. I have like this running Rolodex of politicians who've been disgraced for uh, – it's like, oh, I got to dust it off. Uh, he was at some kind of press conference or some kind of event, and he was answering questions, and 
uh, one of the volunteers from the other campaign was just asking him a question to just trip him up. And he was like laughing and just kind of, you know, I guess 2006 is a different time. He was like making fun of him and said, you know, something like, look, it sounded like, look at this macaco over here. That's what was certainly caught on the audio. And he tried to argue, as I recall, that he wasn't calling him a macaco, the type of monkey, but like some kind of um, Italian thing. Although that actually sounds like worse, right? To say, but he said like he wasn't calling him a monkey. He was saying something else that happened to just be misinterpreted. Certainly, I can't really imagine the kind of person who would like not call someone a monkey or an ape, but would like, you know, look at this fucking like, you know, red, you know, this red tailed, you know, South American tree string. Like, that's a very, no one does that, I think. Yeah, it's weird. That's it's why 2006, I like, it just, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just a very specific insult. And maybe it just really hit when you look at the monkey and you're like, oh, yeah, he does look like that. Yeah, I got like know. a specific one in mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If anything, it's kind of impressive. I, I don't know. If anything, maybe they're the ones being racist, assuming this is racist. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I'd have to look at the monkey to be know for sure. All right. He lost his re-election bid after both Republicans and Democrats criticized him. His political career never recovered. Using the N-word became a rhetorical red line because it represents arguably the most shameful part of U.S. history, slavery in the Jim Crow era. Neil Lester, an American State University English professor who has taught a course on the N-word, sign me up, Noted it has been described as the most toxic in the English language, a term almost magical in its negative power, and a slur that occupies a place in the soul where logic and reason never go. And I gotta say, I fucking yes. hate that. <laughs> I mean, he, he's totally right. He totally, right, hit the target. I mean, he's right in a sense, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I feel like if I was a black dude, I'd be like, I'd feel insulted by that. Like, what? I can't under... I, I don't know. It just seems retarded. Like, I mean, I get it, like, I mean, in certain contexts, but it's just, I don't know, we're talking about words here. Words have different meanings in different contexts, and I, I don't know. Like, yeah, sure, if you're using it intentionally in the most offensive way possible, yeah, sure, sort of, kind of, yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> but, and even then, I don't know, I feel like you'd just be like, well, that guy's a piece of shit. Like, okay. <laughs> um all right, the word is inextricably linked with violence and brutality on black psyches and derogatory aspersions cast on black bodies, he said in an interview. No degree of appropriating can rid it of that blood-soaked history. And that last part I actually completely disagree with. Derogatory aspersions cast on black bodies. The word means black. Yeah. Like, what aspersion does it cast on my body? It's like, hey, you got dark skin. <laughs> like, you got me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you've been quiet for a while, Crip. You have any idea, any thoughts at this point? All I know is that I, I've never wanted to say the N word more in my life than I have until this moment. Uh, <laughs> and, and call it the childish side in me because that's the thing, right? To kind of get on what you were saying, uh. A comedian's job is to be funny. And uh, Joe Rogan, whether or not you find him funny, is going to be subjective. But at the end of the day, you, you can't label what he says as, you know, absolute definitive hate. Because, I mean, it was said in the context of good friends and just goofing around. You might not like the joke, and that's fine. 
But, uh, you know, whether or not you like to say the N-word on your own time is up to you and your life. Uh, like you, it, it's the same thing with, like, uh, illegal fireworks. Use it responsibly, you know? <laughs> You're not going to shoot off fireworks just willy-nilly in the middle of the day in front of your, you know, in front of a cop. Just like you're not going to say the N-word willy-nilly in front of black people. You're going to try and be reasonable. And it's between you up. and your wife in the privacy of your own bedroom, really. Amen, <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Which that kind of perfectly segues the next the next section, which is the decline of public racism, which I do want to point out. I think you kind of brought up a good point there, Crip, that yeah, it's different. It's almost not fair to call a podcast a like public in the, in the in the complete sense like yes it's public but it's different than like like me saying nigger on tower power hour like my, our, our comedy podcast is a much different thing than me being at a crowded grocery store with my buddies loudly saying nigger in in a crowded area like it's very different obviously i mean that would and really even fuck cunt dick like any of those words really that's like those are not appropriate in a and yes there is some social norm there but like now yeah. if you're on a podcast and you're saying that okay if you don't like it don't watch that podcast yes it's public technically but it's a different phenomenon entirely so it is kind of like they're trying to make a point here that doesn't really make in this section but we'll go on with it yeah it took a lot of work to ban the n-word from the public square See, right there. Uh, that shift wasn't about political correctness. It was about our survival as a multiracial democracy and our standing in the, wor in the world. Which that, that makes me cringe more than the N-word ever would. Um, survival as a multiracial <laughs> democracy. Yeah, right? It's now like we a just throw a bunch of fucking terms and words together and we can make them mean anything we want. Yeah. Okay, he does explain the World War II thing. Okay. Or at least he... He doesn't explain right. it like a causative link, but he definitely he cites a paper and gives an example. Can I just read this one? Yeah, go for it. The N-word became forbidden in the U.S. public sphere around the mid-20th century when a consensus emerged that public racism was sabotaging democracy, some academics say. But in the decades before that, white entertainers and politicians like talks like Rogan all the time. That would be quite incredible. World War II helped change that. The war against Nazism and revelations about the Holocaust raise awareness of racism, while America's new role as a leader of the free world caused white elites to see racism as the nation's Achilles heel, wrote Robert L. Fliegler. That's not a real name. That's a fake name. <laughs> a history professor at the University of Mississippi in a paper titled Theodore G. Bilbo and the Decline of Public Racism, 1938 to 1947. Uh, okay. There's no way, I mean, the Holocaust didn't really become like a, a part of American life, if you know what I'm saying, until like the late 60s, early 70s, like the Eichmann trial, right? So there's no way, I mean, Americans knew that the Germans had these camps, that they were, you know, rounding up Jews, you know, even in 1946, everybody knew that the Nazis were like anti-Semites, but nobody, there was no American cultural thing right understanding of the the depth of the project we'll say and you can't tell me you know you have to when people tell stories you have to envision what are they saying are they saying that like in 1940 that's sorry 
That is what he's saying, right? That somehow in 1946, they heard about, you know, people, Americans were listening to the radio or whatever. They were listening to Elvis and then like the radio comes on or something. And it's like, you know, the Nazis have been doing all this. And they're like, damn, I just can't say the N-word anymore. It just doesn't feel the same. Right. It's like you go on this drinking binge and then like, you know, you vomit and like you can't drink that specific drink anymore because you just associate the taste. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's so, definitely a stretch. <laughs> so Bilbo Baggins, no, sorry, Theodore G. Bilbo, a U.S. senator from Mississippi, felt free enough to tell white supporters during the election campaign in 1946 that, quote, I call on every red-blooded white man to use any means to keep the niggers away from the polls. Bilbo won the Democratic primary and faced no opposition in the general election, but his Senate colleagues barred him from taking his seat in the chamber because of his open racism. So that certainly does follow, like, 1946... Imagine how surprised he was, right? Right. Like you're, you know, you're. Where's your, where's your phone? Mississippi. Like you're, you're a white Democrat from Mississippi, right? And you're, you're just like, all right, time, to, time for my job in the Senate. And like all the other senators are like looking at you funny. It's like, you know, what's going on? You're like, like Water News and Monsters Inc. Is like, you know, well, it looks like Senator Bilbo made one big mistake. It's like what? And then like they just pull up on the big screen, and he's like, you got to keep the niggas away from the polls. It's like, yeah, sorry. You, you whammy it is like you can't say it anymore i what can't say it anymore gentlemen this is multiracial democracy manifest <laughs> yeah and I, I really would want to i mean obviously we don't have time for it here but i would want to look into that more because i feel like there's more to the story because i mean that they, they, they're like almost just like oh just just buy into this i don't get me wrong that was pretty flagrant what he did but i feel like there was more to it that, he, that they just barred him from taking it there was probably some ulterior motives going on there but, no, I'm willing to believe that he just like failed even like a roll to one on the optics check. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He got he got voted in where he was at. So I mean, but yeah. I don't know. Sort of Marjorie Taylor uh, Green, right? Yeah. <laughs> in the years that followed, Southern white politicians still used racially coded words like states' rights, but most avoided using the N-word in public, Flieger wrote. I just love how brazen this article is in so many ways of like say that right there. States' rights. Which I mean that that goes to like anyone talking about like I don't, I don't know what your opinion is on like the Civil War, Marcel, but like I'm very much like Spooner's take where it's like you know they should have let them, uh, but like that they're right there they're like oh well oh states rights oh that's racist like okay <laughs> like, sure if we're, we're operating under this definition I, I guess I'm a racist but you know I, I don't know yeah I'm also just a Spoonerist on it yeah okay. Um, the civil rights movement also created a stigma around whites using the N-word and other racial slurs. The assassination of MLK and the eruption of race riots after King's uh, death. Uh, 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 sorry, I'm not going to let you do that. What, they what? gave his full title, and I want you to read the whole oh, thing. I didn't... Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and the right. eruption of... Put some respect on his name. The capital MLK. And you know oh, what? Yeah. This guy, he forgot to put the Reverend Doctor. The Reverend yeah. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So he's... I'll have a word with his employer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm more of a Malcolm fan, so I don't know. But um, uh, And the eruption of race riots after King's death showed white Americans what could happen when a group of citizens were treated with systemic disregard for their humanity. That is kind of insulting as well. Uh, oh, if you guys say the N-word, th th those N-words will riot. <laughs> yeah, that's not insulting to me. That's just a threat to you. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. That comes off as kind of like a shitty reason for it. Um, using the N-word came to be seen as a vulgar relic of a shameful past, said Jacob Levy, a scholar and author of an essay titled The Weight of the Words. 
the norm against publicly legitimizing clan-type racism was built up over a long time, Levy wrote, calling on white Americans to better than they were, partly by convincing them that they were better. Which, I know there's something to that, the convincing them that they were better. By saying, hey, we can no longer use the N-word in public, now you can kind of parade around like you're better than you are as long as you sort do. Sort of a yes oblige. Say what? A sort of racial noblesse yes oblige, like obligation to the ser- to the uh, yeah to the serfs. Yeah. All right. Uh, how we become desensitized to hate speech? Why the change now? The theories vary. Some cite the rise of social media, the growth of white supremacist groups, and a right-wing media eco- ecosystem that has mainstream racist rhetoric. I love how you can just tell this is CNN f- through and through. Like, oh, yeah, it's like all the he's right in a way. He's right, but like backwards, right? Yeah. It's it, the reason he's not getting in trouble. It's not because white supremacists have like normalized saying the N word. Goddamn, no. But it is the fact that like there are you know far right like the the online right is more aggressive than it was before, and they've all been like siloed off onto all these spaces. And so if Joe Rogan gets kicked into those silos, he'll just be like he'll be eaten, right? He'll be like a, he, you know, he'll, he'll be like, um, I got this, I got, I got the visual. He'd be like the, an Englishman arriving on the shores of, um, of Ghana without having taken a malaria vaccine, right? The ecosystem will just eat him alive as soon as he sets foot. Yeah. Former and president his audience therefore okay. will be consumed by the further yeah. right people. Former President Trump played a part, too. He wrote a trail of racist, sexist, and anti-Semitic statements all the way to the White House. It's kind of weird that to add an anti-Semitic as well. Like, that's what kind of, anti-Semitic whatever. statement did Trump make? Nope, I don't, don't want to know. Actually, I take uh, it back. I, I don't I, care. I, I'm, I, sure, I'm, I'm sorry. Sure some, I didn't mean to question it. I'm sure, sure there's some it point they could point to. It was when he was uh, calling, I think, Rosie O'Donnell like a bulldog or some shit. <laughs> That checks out. Who am I to disagree? Yeah. All these factors converge to create a chain effect that led to what one scholar calls defining deviance down. That's what happens when a country starts accepting offensive language it rejected before, wrote Stephen Levitsky, co-author of the book How Democracies Die. When unwritten rules are violated over and over, we become overwhelmed and then desensitized. We grow accustomed to what we previously thought to be scandalous. Something else happens that's even more I deadly. I can think of a few examples myself. Go ahead. The normalization of pornography would be one such thing, right? Yeah. Almost the entire, I guess this guy would know. I mean, the entire left-wing ethos for the past, like, 50 years has just become, like, overwhelming the senses with things that our parents and grandparents would have found totally unthinkable. And then we become overwhelmed and then desensitized. So Stephen Levitsky... You're totally right. When unwritten rules are violated over and over, we become overwhelmed and then we just give up. You you nailed it. Yeah. Which, although I think the jump he gets to is a little ridiculous, but because, I mean, it's a little bit different. Your your pornography example is actually better because something like pornography, that there is like a direct, like, okay, that makes sense. You would associate this with this. But now saying an edgy joke or racist humor doesn't necessarily then mean, oh, now you hate that race or whatever. It's not this libertarian to racist pipeline or whatever the fuck or or conservative to racist pipeline or whatever the fuck they're trying to get at. Um, 
Something else happens that's even more deadly. When people in positions of power use dehumanizing language to describe other groups, atrocities often follow. This is not ancient history. Consider what happened less than 30 years ago in Rwanda when some 800,000 civilians were slaughtered in a three-month period in 1994. Hoodoo extremists target both the Tutsi minority who are a majority of those killed as well as moderate Hutus. It's, it's what, Tutsi. It's the Tutsi minority. Sorry. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> what what triggered the violence in part? It's saying the the actual language. You have to do clicks. But um, what... <laughs> What triggered the violence in part were the messages that came from people in positions of power in Rwanda. Many, like Rogan, had a public megaphone and an audience. <laughs> in a New Yorker essay on how norms change, the author Maria Kon Konakova described how Hutu leaders took to the radios calling Tutsis cockroaches, sanctioning the violence that followed. She said that norms can shift to the speed of social life when the wrong leaders command the public attention. All right. I don't know if anyone has a point before we keep going here because, uh, yeah, we're, it's, it's already getting heavy. There's definitely a lot to talk on there. Uh, uh, I was going to say something about Hoochie Power Radio, but we can just move forward. All right. To a great extent, the norms in Rwanda shifted so rapidly because they did so from the top. Influential radio stations broadcast a powerful, persuasive, and constantly repeating message urging listeners to join killing squads and organized roadblocks. Konakova Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if directed the right people, sure. Okay. Uh, genocide is a worst case scenario, but we don't have to look as far as Rwanda to see how quickly civic norms can change when people in power start lowering standards. Earlier this month, the Republican national committee drafted a resolution calling the deadly January 6th insurrection, legitimate political discourse. Which it was, but you know, here's the thing: you could just object and say like this wasn't deadly, you know, or so what, or that's right. I don't think the Republicans did that. That's I just deny it. I, I straight up deny this guy's face. I don't think the RNC said the January six was legitimate political discourse. I, I think, think if uh, I think if Joe Rogan was the thing that, well, more specifically, Joe Rogan saying the N word was the thing that led to the ultimate downfall of America. Maybe we uh maybe we have that coming. You know, <laughs> you're you're driving normally and then Joe Rogan's like, you know, it's like Sam Hyde, like, wow, Joe Rogan needs me. I could be Joe Rogan's number one guy. I'll do it for you, Joe. Yeah. It, it that's uh it's just all because like up until that video nobody cared. Right? Did anybody really have like a huge issue about it because everybody's day was going on just normally up until then yeah which it's uh, there's definitely something to be said there like rogan's viewership dwarfs like all the other mainstream competitors like literally you can combine them and i don't think he has their view they they have his viewership like all the major like fucking you know establishment like media and like they there were probably far more people that were aware of that than you know I don't know, then are people that are offended by it. So the idea that like, I don't know that this is, uh, it, it's just definitely contrived, um, you know, offense, essentially. It's, it's pretty ridiculous, but yeah. Um, CNN, Stephen Collinson responded in a column. The Republican party is ever closer to the destination to which it has long been headed under former president, Donald Trump, the legitimization of violence as a form of political expression. Which, I mean, okay. Uh, why shrugging off the N-word is so dangerous? 
Rogan's use of the N-word may also be drawing us closer to something else, destroying any plausible shot at building a genuine multiracial democracy, which I know yep. me and Marcel fucking dig that for sure. Mm. Uh, no, fuck democracy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the January 6th insurrection was so dangerous because it violated a political norm. The citizens in a healthy democracy are supposed to accept the peaceful transfer of power, not to use violence as a tool of political protest. That's yeah, what most... Bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's what most Americans agreed to leave behind after we fought a bloody civil war over a political and moral issue, slavery. Uh, anything to add in there or no? No, uh, I think. All right. The universal condemnation that used to greet white people who publicly used the N-word was also part of a civic norm that made a multiracial democracy possible. That word was a vestige of a hateful Jim Crow era that most Americans agreed to leave in the past. It was considered un-American. This is the America that former former President Ronald Reagan evoked in his famous "Shining City on a Hill" 1989. Dress. Go ahead. How could it be un-American? Only Americans use it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it it's kind of quintessentially American. It is arguably. It is literally thing. as American as apple pie. Yeah. Same Probably more. Here. Right up there with apple pie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the same point that I jokingly say when people say, like, with the N-word, like, well, that's black people's word. I'm like, well, you must not have a very strong grasp on its historical use, because that's kind of not true. So. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up that white people can't use it when they invented it, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's literally our word, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. He described us as a nation teeming with people of all kinds, living in harmony and peace, with doors open that's to anyone true. with the will and heart to get here. What are Interesting we now? Good choice of words. <laughs> teeming with people of all kinds. Yeah, that's that was a weird. Oh, that. Oh, those were Reagan's words. Okay, Reagan <laughs> said teeming with people of all kinds. Either way, generally when I hear teeming, I imagine like teeming with lice, teeming with botulism. <laughs> right, okay, but this is Reagan saying it, not. Yeah. Uh, well, Reagan probably meant it that way then. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> Yeah, you're overthinking the connotations of different words, but I get what you mean. Um, what are we when a white entertainer with a huge public following can use the N-word repeatedly and get a $100 million offer to bring real conversation to another platform? What are we when Rogan's employer can say that his company has clear lines around content and take action when they are crossed, but that line doesn't include using a word that was used during the enslavement, rape, and torture of millions of people? Rogan once called himself a fucking moron, a cage-fighting commentator, and not a respected source of information, even for me. He is something more now. He is unleashing lethal forces that he may not understand. He is also a blinking red light, warning that civic and political rules that once held the nation together no longer apply. We are poised to enter an era where a white person can use the N-word publicly and not only survive, right. but thrive if they portray themselves as a victim of cancel culture. It's a world where hate speech and violence are rebranded as legitimate political discourse and public racism returns to ordinary life, which, God, that's so cooked up right there. Like the hate speech, for one, I don't think saying nigger is hate speech. I think it's fucking retarded. Um, I also think, I mean, depending on the context, I mean, sure, you can say it was hateful. It depends on the context. Um, and, and the public racism thing, I already brought that up earlier. Um, you know, a podcast is not public in the truest sense. Like you have to look for that shit. If you come to my podcast, 
knowing how I brand myself and you get offended by that, it's kind of on you a little bit. Like, I mean, literally this episode right now, we're, I've branded it multiple times as going big brain on the N-word. If you come to this podcast <laughs> and get offended but I say the word nigger, you're a fucking retard. <laughs> like, and I, I don't care. Be offended. I disavow. <laughs> yeah, like, don't let the Rogan N-word con- controversy devolve into another tired discussion about cancel culture. This moment is bigger. If Rogan goes on with business as usual, all of us, not just black people, will pay a price. Our country won't be the same. This is another January 6th moment. This is all just, if Rogan doesn't pay, democracy is fucked. Like, this is so childish. <laughs> you know, I think this guy's, he is actually, I think, almost more afraid than, like, people who are afraid of gay marriage were back in the day. Yeah. All right, well, uh, finishing thoughts. That's the end of the, what, what are your thoughts? You're, you're the guy who just kind of got thrown this at him all at once, not reading it. What are your thoughts, Crip? Uh, this all seems pretty status quo. Uh, I mean, that that stereotype of uh, I don't like this thing, so it's bad for not me, but everybody. And if it's bad for everybody, then we need to get rid of it. And uh, because of that, I think it's more important now more than ever that every podcast join together and just say the N-word uh, on every podcast. I mean, literally any and all of them need to come together to support Joe Rogan in these trying times because he needs it. He needs N-word unionization. <laughs> yep. Uh, that would actually be pretty awesome to do like one of those, like, uh, you know, those celebrity videos where it's like them reading a thing and it's like all somber and sad, but it was just like, you know, different podcasts and be like, Nigger, mm-hmm. nigger. Fucking Gal Gadda, uh, <laughs> singing. Uh, uh, what do we are the world? No, what does she sing? Uh, uh, imagine. Imagine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It. it uh, on one hand, it's it's silly because I I don't think that unless Joe Rogan is secretly fucking kids, it, there's nothing that's gonna happen to him ever you know he's not gonna the at worst he's gonna lose his spotify deal oh no oh there's sound like he's losing his audience uh honestly i wish they would but it would be funny it'd be so funny to see how that play out yeah. but nothing bad's gonna happen to him it's like the same way i look at dave Chappelle. like uh he's gonna continue doing what he's gonna do people will always support him there's no getting rid of these people. Uh, so the more you complain about them, the more you're just, you know, in, in a sense, powering them. So uh, either just suck it up and accept that you just don't like them or, uh, you know, shut up. Yeah. No, the establishment has overplayed their hand to the point now. The reason why these people thrive is because people have gotten to the point where they kind of are starting to see through it. And when they attack someone like this, like most people, most reasonable people are going to the point where they're like, well, I've been lied to so many fucking times. What is the reason here? A lot of people look at the context. And if anything, all that is, is like, it's almost like a beacon to the world that like, hey, these guys might not be all that bad. Like they're pissing off the right people. I should go check them out. Like, and, and like, 
like, I don't know, like, this is a common thing we talk about, like, uh, not to bring up Tower Power again, but, I mean, not that we're, like, a huge show, but we, we've done fairly well the amount of time we've had it. It's because we piss off the right people. People get offended by stupid jokes that we don't mean, like, you know, say with, like, racist jokes. We don't, none of us are, I don't think any of us are truly racist, but people I see wasn't. that and they go, oh, my God, that's racist. And then certain people screech and freak out about us. And all that is is it's putting a bullhorn out to the world of this people, this person that someone hates. Like most people don't like this person. They're a cunty person screaming, oh, these people fucking suck. And then everyone who doesn't like that person goes, well, they must be pretty good. You know, like, so I'll go check them out. <laughs> like, And it's it's kind of that effect, like a network multiplier with people like, you know, Rogan or like, you know, the fucking country music singer they talked about in the article. Like that's what's happening nowadays. They're They're playing the same card over and over and over again. And now it's like, it's no longer getting the kind of results that they want. It's getting the opposite. It's got diminishing returns yeah. to the point to now where it's negative returns. So, yeah, because I think in terms of uh, at least for me to relate is uh, in terms of comedy, like everyone is, I think, secretly starved. There's a good vast majority of people that are starved for, you know, uh, I I guess I don't look at it as edgy comedy i just more look at it as comedy just in, in general and uh the the mainstream what you're getting you know is just very cookie cutter you know it's gonna sell and that's fine that has its place but i think that the more you try and silence one type of art uh or, or in this case style of uh comedy it's gonna only continue to thrive more it's that, you know, adolescent side of our brains that are like, oh, you don't want me to do that? Well, I'm going to do it twice as much. Fuck you, mom. Uh, you know? So yeah. I think it, you just have to let it exist. You know, yeah. Just fucking let it be. Nobody's getting genuinely hurt in these things. Nobody's been to a comedy show, heard a racist joke, and was like, you know what? I fucking hate black people. That's right. That's how that works. Uh, this is that's really enlightening. I'm, I heard Louis C.K. say the N-word, and I said, yeah, that's cool. I, I want to do that now, forever. But uh, So, I don't know. But let Joe Rogan say the N-word. If he doesn't want to say it, whatever, that's fine, too. But just be, just be authentic and genuine about it, you know? All right, any finishing thoughts, Marcel? Um... Nothing about Joe Rogan in particular, but I'm thinking about also another reason why the charge may not have stick was just because it was too soon after the first attempt because they were going on for COVID misinformation yep. and that wasn't sticking. And then another person like, well, let me just play this card again. But you need to have like, let us all forget because people were already in like defend Joe Rogan mode on the COVID thing. And so since they were already in the mindset, like I'm defending Joe Rogan right now, and it's like, are you going to defend him if I say he said the N-word, you know, like 20 times? And it's like, normally I wouldn't, but somehow you've like caught me in a moment where I have moral confidence defending Joe Rogan, right? Like, I already know this is just you doing it. And so you pulled out over reliable and normally it would work, but not right now. You should have waited maybe six months, right? Then it might have worked. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Well, yeah. all right. Oh, go ahead. You want to say something? Oh, no, I don't know. I was just agreeing completely. Like, you're just shooting too many shots at the same time. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, it's just it really does come off like the death throes of the establishment is what it kind of comes off of. And I know we've seen them before, but it's getting even more and more pathetic. And this was this article was like, like in my head, I was like, this isn't jumping the shark. This is jumping the shark that jumped the shark. Like this is ridiculous. Like and and uh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier. Yeah, like I, I don't know if I mentioned earlier. They changed the title. Like I think the title changed yeah, to. Yeah, that's funny. It changed the title to "Why Shrug- Shrugging Off Joe Rogan's Use of the N Word Is So Dangerous," and, and the funny thing is, they didn't change any of the content in the article, and the article is still just as ridiculous as the title. So, like, it, yeah, it's because they got so much public backlash from that because it's just so fucking retarded. Like, I, I don't even know how to say it other than that. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, if you guys have any other thoughts, let me know. Otherwise, we can do plugs. Uh, I don't think this is a, a the death of the establishment. Not death, but it's like a yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, it's like establishment, like civil war. This is just like middle management, you know, getting angry because they don't understand like the the routine that the top is doing. Yeah, Yeah, I guess I was more being like establishment media, but yeah, go on. No, especially because I think that anybody who is genuinely, well, seemingly offended by any of this isn't even within that like atmosphere or that community. They're they're from like we were saying like journalism quote unquote so they're they're looking into this with a mindset of you know seek and destroy kind of ordeal where like us we we hear Joe Rogan say that and we were like yeah that's whatever so like I I don't know it, it's it's a lot of silly nonsense people need to understand you know. Uh, the, the different worlds, I guess, people are coming from when these situations happen. Yeah. Well, all right. And uh, I guess that's a good spot to kill it. Uh, you want to go ahead and, Marcel, you want to drop your plugs? Sure. So follow me on Twitter at Anarchy in Black and follow me um, on my Substack, which is linked to at my Twitter. So Twitter is a central hub and you can engage with more of my content and great takes there. All right. Crip? Yeah. If you want to follow me, just. Uh, Look up the hashtag uh, blackface Hitler. Every tweet <laughs> is about me. Um, if you want more of my like visual content, look up BBC on Pornhub. Uh, every video is me, and I've been putting in a lot of work over the quarantine. Um, I have uh, some past comedy stuff uh, you can check out at, uh, at uh, Young Crypt TV. Uh, Spell that like I was a black person, so it's like <laughs> Y-U-N-G, uh, and that's about that, yeah. Yeah, uh, just so those aren't aware, I think I mentioned earlier, he's been on Tower Power Hour once. That was a great episode. You should go check that one out. Uh, he does fun. have a lot of great stuff. Uh, sorry, what? Somebody say something? No, but it was fun. It was a good time. Oh, I liked it. Myself some. Uh, all right, and with that, this is uh, you've been watching No Way Jose. You can find me on YouTube, all the major audio podcatchers, Odyssey. You can follow me at Twitter at 2020 No Way Jose. If you want to give me money, I like money. Patreon.com, just No Way Jose 2020. I gotta get that grifting in. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. I appreciate you guys coming on. This was fun. I was really excited to do this. This came out good. I like it. Uh, and I hope to have you guys on again at some point. Uh, maybe hopefully not on the same one that'd be overplayed and contrived, but, uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's just a panel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on all future and yeah. issues. We just bring back Marcel for anything and like anything black related. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Appreciate it guys. And we're going to kill it now. All right, thanks everyone who came.